let's break it quietly down. <laughs> Kill me with these ones, man. <laughs> I know, man. I'm sorry. But it is getting late in the evening. Don't want to wake up the family. But I got to give you guys the original, the every time. I don't want to pre-record. It's the intro to the show. If I can't do that, what what do we have? We have nothing. We have absolutely nothing without your <laughs> intros. <laughs> exactly. No, but this this show, this is episode number 38 of the Let's Break It Down podcast, is going to be a preview into na, 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 the Atlanta, the ATL home stand, Jay Will. I am beyond pumped about this. I'm excited for another homestand. I guess I'm less excited knowing that it doesn't really have too many implications for the stage playoffs, unfortunately. Yeah, the matchups are trash. I'm not excited. Right. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> this homestand aren't as top quality, and they weren't even like grossly qualified in the Dallas homestand, but they were closer to middle tier, upper tier, sure. than, than this one is. This is mostly bottom tier teams, unfortunately, and that's just a reality. But at the end of the day, Atlanta can still do a great job of getting fans in there, putting on a great experience for them, you know, creating excitement, giving, doing fan events, whatever it may be, to make the homestand another huge success for the league as yeah. far as the Overwatch matches that will be played. That's where we're kind of lacking in the the quality and drama, basically. They don't, there's no, so this one's in Atlanta. Probably be cooler if they did this in Philly. Um, <laughs> just looking at the teams that are there. Because you could have done a Philly versus New York, and you could have set that up as kind of your your marquee matchup. Yeah, Dallas homestand had the battle for Texas between Houston and Dallas, so that was something fans could lead you know look forward to, and they built up to that, and that was actually the last match on Sunday and of the homestand. So there's just nothing quite like that in in this one. Um, but another learning experience for the league, you know, this is their first foray and you know into home matches in general. The first one was a success. Let's see if the second one can't build off of that. And then we'll go into the third one, which I think is going to be a really phenomenal one, even though it doesn't take it out of, out of California, but they're building it pretty well and they're going to hold it somewhere other than Blizzard Arena. So let's let's do it, man. Atlanta homestand, you know, knock our socks off. Prove us wrong. Yeah, the energy is just different. If, it, if oh, absolutely. anything like Dallas at all, it's just the energy that's different. You're watching the matches. I mean, it's just completely insane to see you know, 5,000 plus people in there. I don't think that, I don't know what the Blizzard Arena holds. I know you'll never really get to see that kind of front row, but there's a whole bunch of stadium seating behind it. But uh, yeah, just just for me, it's just the energy is different. I mean, these matchups are pretty, there's only about two in there that are really questionable on any level. It's mostly top tier teams versus bottom tier teams or just a battle at the bottom. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, you should have at least attempted to set up like an ATL Florida matchup at the, as the keynote or as the, the, the closer. Right. It's not the closer. They, they do have that matchup in there, but it's not the closer. That would be the kind of quote-unquote rivalry I'd be attempting to go after here. Um, just, you know, two kind of south, you know, southern-based, southern U.S.-based teams. They're actually not terribly far apart from each other. So that would have been interesting. But here we are. And we are going to take a look at these matches, and we get to go in a lot of good detail. But first, we have to talk a little bit about the fact that there is going to be a Torbjorn one versus one. <laughs> you know, I'm so excited for this. Like this is this is why we say the the homestand can still be a huge success with small things like this. 
Uh, I believe this was originally supposed to be Bren versus DeFrand, and then the league just was like, nah, that's probably a bad idea. Let's get somebody who can actually compete, and let's make this a thing. So maybe this becomes something moving forward with each homestand. You know, maybe you have somebody who's just a streamer uh, against a league player or just two, you know, well-known streaming names come in. Who knows what they do? You can put the talent, the, the casters in there again if you want to, whatever. But you can do fun things like this every week, honestly, if you wanted to. And it would generate a little more excitement, make make things more fun for the fans just because it's not matches that you're watching. You get to go in and just screw around and talk trash about absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, but this is this is, should be a fun matchup. I'm excited to see Defran play some more Torb. Yeah. So this is Defran making his glorious return to the Overwatch League and taking on a recent Overwatch League signing in Mangachu in a Torbjorn one versus one. I expect hammer kills frequently. Oh yeah, hammer kills only. We're this is like Goldeneye out here, man. Knives only. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that out of the way, let's get into the homestand. Pass into the iris. Kicking off the ATL matches is going to be the Florida Mayhem taking on the New York Excelsior. I expect a 4-0, and that's all I have to say. (laughs) No, really not too much to talk about so not too much florida's been making moves i appreciate it i you know the desire to do better to be better um but it's not going to be enough to take on the new york excelsior new york excelsior have been the most consistently strong looking team i don't know if they've been the strong guest looking team uh, based off of vancouver's performance last week or yeah last week by the time we're making this recording <laughs> but new york excelsior over anything in this particular stage has been the most consistently good. Uh, adopting adopting the Sombra pretty early, looking like they, they definitely had something to, with it, knew what they were doing with it, and uh, being able to just compete at the higher levels with those guys. San Francisco stumbling a little bit, Vancouver stumbling a little bit. So this will be the New York Excelsior, again, flexing their muscle on a team that just is not at the level to compete. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing about this matchup is how many Florida fans make the trip to Atlanta. Yeah. You know, do yeah, they well. do they do they get into the crowd and do they start creating a home field advantage for Florida? Should they, you know, start being competitive at all with New York? That's what'll make this interesting because we saw that definitely happen in Dallas. Yeah. And we know it can happen in other places. Even if your team's not playing well, if you start to compete with one of these top teams and the crowd gets behind you, it could get interesting. I'm not saying it will, I'm just saying it could. It has an impact for sure. Yeah. So this is a, a real opportunity for the NYXL who thanks to Vancouver's loss earlier this stage, you know, we're only one game out of first place overall in the season. It's going to take some, you know, huge map differentials. So they definitely should, <laughs> should try to get this four O to help themselves and continue their, their push towards the number one seed in both the season and this specific stage playoffs. So Florida, you know, keep trying. We're, we're happy. You're at least doing something. You know, Lemmings just said that, but we are very happy that you're trying. You're not sitting there going, well, this is just kind of who we are. We suck. You know, that that's boring. You know, make some changes. Try to get better. Don't settle for just, you know, not being successful right now. Do whatever you have to do or what you think is the right thing to do for your franchise and keep pushing forward. We are going to keep pushing forward into the Philadelphia Fusion taking on the Washington Justice. 
another matchup that I don't expect to be super competitive, although I do expect to be closer than the Florida-New York Excelsior matchup. In fact, I could actually call Washington for taking a map off of the Philadelphia Fusion here. But at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Fusion are a much more talented team. I hope, in this particular case, they take an opportunity to see what they can do outside of Carpe Anzaria with you know predominantly 3-3 opportunities and see if they have a somber player, see what some of their DPS player compositions look like uh, because it's coming. And, and and this is, of of all your matches, I think the best opportunity to kind of see if you can flex that muscle a little bit. Um, they certainly need this and ideally probably need it to be the 4-0 in order for their stage playoffs to still have a chance. They can still make it. They can still do it. Um but I'm calling Washington maybe taking one off here and getting the three one and I'm um with what I'm calling for the for their next matchup, I don't think Philly's coming in. Well, they certainly need the four oh to give themselves a chance. Uh even a win is not gonna really do them enough good. They need to get all four maps to, to help their map differential and then get some help from Guangzhou later in the night. I don't I don't know how much it'll matter. But this is an opportunity to get going in the right direction leading into Stage 4. So regardless of actually whether they can make these stage playoffs or not, they can still finish 5-2, and two, and that would significantly help their chances as well as give them a head-to-head win over Shanghai. But it would it would bump them back into a top-six seed overall, which for all of Philly's struggles, even late in Stage 2 and into Stage 3, you're still staring at them as the seventh overall seed right now. And it's like, oh, really? Like, what? Scratch your head a little bit, you know? So they have a golden opportunity this week to to pick up some wins, pick up some map differential, and at the very least, get into the top six on the season and, you know, going into stage four with the expected changes that could help them, you know, start solidifying their positional spot and not have to worry about that play-in tournament. Which their map differential is in desperate need of some help. They're currently sitting at minus one in the map differential on the overall season standings. Mm-hmm. And if they want to, if they're, and, and as you mentioned, they are competing for that sixth slot, which would be the guaranteed bid into the playoffs, into the seasonal playoffs. And you're going to need more than minus one on the map differential to compete for that spot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, just goes to show you, I think, how much there really truly is a, a, a genuine top to this league. And then there's everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Teams like Philadelphia Fusion are still competing for that sixth slot um, because the middle of this league, or basically kind of the upper middle of this league, is such a is such a week to week. You know, who, who knows? What's <laughs> Absolutely, we're going to discuss that just a little later. Which leads us into discussing the Toronto Defiant taking on the home team, Atlanta Rain. For me. I think this is pretty clear. I know that Toronto has made some moves to become a little bit better. I just don't think you can bake players into the roster that fast. I mean, they started them last week, um, had some shine on them. I, I keep using new player smell. I think it does mean something for a team to bring in a new player, to have new players on the stage, um, to feel like you have a little bit of new energy. It has to bring new energy from players that you know may not have had a lot of faith or hope or morale, you know, was down because of all the losses. And so these guys come in and feel like they can make a change. Um, but we we genuinely saw the home field advantage for Dallas, certainly for Dallas. And in a way, we also saw it for Houston in some in their matches. 
And uh, I just have, I see no reason that I think Atlanta could beat Toronto. I think Atlanta would beat Toronto outside of Atlanta. But then I got to factor in that this is a homestand that the Atlanta crowd's going to be going bananas for the Atlanta rain. So I think this should be a pretty, pretty solid win for Atlanta over the Defiant. I'm not as clear cut on this as you are. I won't lie to you about that. I was very impressed by Logics when he was brought into that Toronto roster and how they played against Houston. I feel like Atlanta worked a little too hard to get good with the 3-3 heading into this stage with Baby Bay. They were still trying to work him in late in stage two and you know it just didn't work. And then they started to look better even though they were competitive with top tier teams. They just weren't beating them. And I don't know. I, I kind of went back and forth. But the difference was what you had mentioned lastly, uh, which was the home home field advantage. There's something to be said about that. And I think the crowd will be behind them. And I think that'll be enough to finally push them over at the top and get them a win in this stage after so many close calls. I think I look at the the close calls for Atlanta are all against some pretty, some pretty high level competition. They've been taking those guys to three twos. I don't think Toronto's on that level at all, even with logics in the lineup. So that's why I'm maybe more on board with the Atlanta reign. And that's fair. I mean, he is new. It's just, I, again, it was just what I saw from that matchup against Houston and how well they looked when they were playing with him. I, I was very impressed. Well, either way, that will take us to the Guangzhou charge in a rematch against the Shanghai Dragons closing out Saturday, the 6th of July. I don't particularly see a reason that this should go any differently than it did the first time. Guangzhou charge again trying to flex their muscle into some dps compositions and maybe get out of the 3-3 and have some fun with i think in with i think a brand of overwatch that probably fits them better the only problem is it fits the shanghai dragons even better (laughs) Um, (laughs) they have the players to match up they have the flexibility to match up ding dm we talked about in the in the recall episode are looking extremely strong um dm either on uh well dm on on widowmaker for sure and ding has been both both the strong sombra and a very strong pharah for the shanghai dragons so kind of doesn't really seem to matter where you want to go um shanghai dragons can also flex in young Jin on the Doomfist. um i just really feel like you know guangzhou charge isn't going to run the 3-3 anymore i don't i think they're kind of i think they've finally gotten off that that they're just not a good guangzhou or not a good 3-3 team the problem is the Shanghai Dragons are a terrible matchup to not be a 3-3. They are a terrible matchup to not be a 3-3. I am with you. I don't foresee this going any different than it did last week. I will say this, though. I'm picking Shanghai, but I am rooting for Guangzhou. Here's why. I need some, dra- I need some drama on Sunday, man. I need some drama. And if Shanghai loses this matchup against Guangzhou, or even if it goes 3-2, that creates some massive drama for that Philadelphia-Shanghai matchup on Sunday. That's the only reason I'm doing that. I, I don't foresee it happening. I just I need more drama out of this homestand, and that's where I'm hoping to get it from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about that then. Kicking off Sunday the 7th of July is going to be the Philadelphia Fusion playing the Shanghai Dragons for potentially the, the all-in playoff bid. We'll have to see how day one turns out to see if that's even an issue. But there is a good chance that this match is for all the marbles for both of these teams to make it into the playoffs, the stage three playoffs, excuse me. Stage four. No, stage <laughs> Where where are you? Where, where even am I? What year is it? <laughs> what year is it? Um, no, stage three playoffs. 
potential buy-in for both of these playing match for both of these teams. Um, at the end of the day, I think this is the Shanghai Dragons. I think the Philadelphia Fusion are still in transition from what they were as a 3-3 team to figuring out what they are as a DPS team. I think the Shanghai Dragons are already squarely in that position. Uh, if nothing else, they are pretty. They are really good as a three-two-one uh, Sombra team, which is a really good composition in this particular this particular stage. And so, I I just been watching Philly. I just feel like they're still a team that's kind of like, okay, do we do this still? I don't know. Carpe doesn't really want to play Zarya anymore. Okay, well, what do we put him on? And if we put him on that, then where do we what do we do with the rest of the team? Um, I've also kind of been a, a, a fusion hater. <laughs> so I want to see the Shanghai Dragons back in the playoffs because I also feel like this would be an opportunity for the Shanghai Dragons to make a deeper stage playoff run because, we, as we've talked about in the past, I think that these playoffs, more than anything else, are not going to be quite as focused on the 3-3 compositions. And I think the Shanghai Dragons can go toe-to-toe with some of these teams outside of, outside of the 3-3. So... Despite what I just said about you know wanting some some more drama, there's still going to be quite a bit of drama in this matchup because of the seasonal playoff standings. It's going to be very important for both teams that this matchup go their way, based on their current map differential and their current record. You know this this is one that could set you apart should a tiebreaker come into play. So you definitely want that head to head win if you can grab it. I. I can't justify picking against a team that I have ranked in my top six. You know, if I've got you ranked in the top six, there's usually a reason for it. And I've got to back that up and support you going against a team that has been floundering and somehow just holding around the middle of the league. Yeah. You know, so I'm taking Shanghai. The combination of Ding DM is going to be very difficult for, for Philadelphia to deal with. I don't think EQO matches up with either of them. Carpe can match up with them if he gets to play other things. We'll have to see how that works out. But at the end of the day, I think Shanghai is in a good spot right now. I think they're moving moving up the ladder at a, a fairly steady pace yeah. to move into those top tier teams. And with the meta shifting towards a favorable meta with them, it's their favorability within the meta is going up. They've got to be happy with what they're seeing. Yes, we play these things. Yes, we want these things. You know, that that works in into their hands. So I, I can't see Philadelphia quickly finding a way to knock off that kind of a, a team. Well, that leads us into my upset of the week. Go for it, baby. Go for it. Go all in on it, man. I'm with you. I'm, I am going in all in on this one. And this is going to be the Washington Justice taking on the Guangzhou Charge. And Lemmings is taking the Justice. And I have a few reasons for it. There's probably the two most significant ones are if there was ever a time for there to be a home field advantage, it would be Independence Day weekend for the Washington Justice playing on a homestand on the East Coast. Um, I don't see how you can't be going a little bit America on this one. <laughs> Uh, but the Washington Justice have, you know, if nothing else, found a way to sneak a match out of pretty much every stage. Um, and if there was ever an opportunity for them to do it, it would be against the Guangzhou Charge here at the end of the Atlanta, well, towards the end of the Atlanta homestand. Um, so those are my predominant reasons. It doesn't have a ton to do with, I think there's some huge talent differential between the Guangzhou Charge and the Houston, no, sorry, the Washington yeah. Justice. 
Um, <laughs> well, that also may be true. There may not be a huge talent differential between the Houston Outlaws and the, and the Washington Justice. <laughs> may not be. Um, so, I, you know, I, to be honest, this is kind of a fun pick, but I, I, I see it happening. I, I do think there is a chance that there's a big crowd crowd backing the Washington Justice here. And um, and as we've talked about, that that can have a pretty big, pretty big influence on the match. This is certainly their best chance for a win, so I can justify your your reasoning, you know, to to get behind them for this matchup. Guangzhou is not necessarily light years better than Washington, so this is certainly a winnable one. I just I don't think they have enough DPS to match Guangzhou. I don't know what Guangzhou is going to try to do in terms of their composition compositions. When they play DPS, they look good, but then they try to go back into the three three. So if this floats a little more towards DPS, I have I have some pretty high hopes for for Guangzhou with Happy on a Widow. Um, that Corey Happy matchup, by the way, could be phenomenal if they yeah. go if they both yeah. go Widow. So I just I think Guangzhou has enough DPS to outduel Washington, and if for whatever reason it does go three three, I I do think Guangzhou is the better three three team. I see that. I see that. <laughs> The next match we talked about this earlier. I I think they're doing themselves a, a kind of a a, a disfavor disservice. You're going for disservice. That's what we're looking for. It is late night. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lemons is losing his mind. As opposed to any other time of the day for you. <laughs> Maybe, actually, but um, this this is the uh, Florida Mayhem taking on the Atlanta Rain. And an opportunity here for the league to attempt to, you know, I'm not a huge fan of leagues attempting to force rivalries to happen, but I just think geographically, this is one that kind of makes sense. I don't see why you wouldn't kind of, I mean, Atlanta and Florida, which Florida, what do they claim? They claim both Orlando and Miami is kind of their home. I mean, just the state in general, but yeah, they claim, they do claim both Orlando and Miami as like the, the cities that they mainly support. So, they're not terribly far away from each other. Um, it'd be I, I just think this this could be a geographic rivalry that would occur pretty naturally. Uh, the problem is the Florida Mayhem are just not very competitive. So, so there's, <laughs> much, there's just not much to, to rival about here <laughs> to here. Um, I so I'm I'm supporting the Atlanta Rain in this matchup again, uh, closing out their own home stand in front of the home crowd against a team that's just not very good. I think. The momentum should be entirely in the Atlanta Reigns pocket here. Um, should be an easy match for them to to walk away with and, and kind of head off the stage with their hands up and their heads up and, and, and giving the home crowd something something fun. Yeah, so unfortunately two lower tier teams right now, but I'm with you. I think Atlanta has enough to outduel Florida. Florida hasn't really shown us much all season. Like we said, even the win against Houston wasn't necessarily Florida You know, taking a step forward. You know, you're happy with the win, don't get me wrong, but Houston made a multitude of mistakes to allow Florida to win that match. And you're playing with home field advantage. So if you're playing with relatively even teams, you know, you lean towards the team that has home field advantage. That usually applies across all sports, honestly. So give give me Atlanta. Um, I'm hoping it's a fun matchup, and I'm hoping it turns into something that could become a rivalry long term. Then actually closing out the Atlanta homestand is going to be the New York Excelsior taking on the Toronto Defiant. And they can be as defiant as they want, but I'm going to be ever upward on this one. Yeah, this is an unfortunate way to end this homestand. <laughs> Granted, when you set the schedule you know, before the season, you couldn't have foreseen what we're getting right now. It's not the league's fault. 
it's just it is what it is. Maybe we need to go towards a flexible schedule all the way through the season to get the best matchups each day in the right time slot. Who knows? But it, this is going to be New York. I'm hoping Toronto continues to to look good with Logics and Mangachu in there. That would be a, a good a good showing for Toronto. Um, if they can somehow pick off Atlanta the day before, you know, I think the homestand is a success. If you can, you know, if you lose to Atlanta, but you can look competitive in both matchups, then at least you know you're headed in the right direction going into stage four. But right. other than that, New York should finish this stage seven and zero, be the number one seed in the stage playoffs, and you know, set up a potentially phenomenal matchup with Vancouver. By the way, for the number one overall seed in the league, come the end of stage four. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Hint, hint, wink, wink, and this is a teaser. Go do yourself a gigantic favor and look at the Valiant homestand set of matches and be blown away by what that homestand is going to be bringing us. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I, I, They've already put commercials out for it. Like, I feel bad for the Atlanta homestand, sure. but I, I'm like, get me to L.A., get me to the end of Stage 4. Oh, that weekend is going to be a, just a freaking, like, fiesta like i i'm ready to sit back i, I think i've talked about trying to like host like a watch party with you before like we need to get people together we need to just watch and we need to just get the popcorn ready i'm eating the enemies out of the box you know what i'm gonna look it up for you guys so that you guys don't even have to so we're gonna be kicking it off this is we we are done with the atlanta homestand that's done I am now referring to the Los Angeles homestand, which is at the end of stage four. And this is going to be the Atlanta rain taking on the fuel. Got the uprising taking on the Excelsior, which actually kind of kicked off their, both of their respective seasons. They were, they played the second match on day one, I believe. Um, It's going to be the San Francisco shock taking on the Vancouver Titans. The nightcap that day is on Saturday, the 24th of August, is the Gladiators taking on the Valiant in Los Angeles as a homestand in a separate venue from the Blizzard Arena where I'm imagining they're going to have even more people crammed into this thing. Then you've got the Hangzhou Spark taking on the Shanghai Dragons, kind of a battle for the top of the of the, the Pacific Rim countries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got the Atlanta Rain taking on the Boston Uprising, which should be interesting given what we think is going to be the meta. And then you've got, and this is this has only been helped by the rise of the Valiant to to relevance in the league. But you've got the New York Excelsior taking on the Vancouver Titans in the second to last match, and in an LA homestand in basically I mean, for all intents and purposes that we can think of probably playing for like the very top seed of the season playoffs and then you've got a wrap-up match the closeout match is the san francisco shock taking on the los angeles valiant which is essentially the battle for the california cup at that point um unless the gladiators beat the valiant in their first matchup and then it's kind of like well what where do you go from there so, <laughs> but anyways quick brief aside there i mean absolutely bonanza set of matchups as long as i mean as long as things kind of hold you know <laughs> which they should i i don't see them shifting too far because with what these teams have done throughout the first three stages i mean the season playoffs are what all are all that are going to matter that week and these are going to have huge implications there's i can't see it going any other way all right. Well, briefly, I want to talk to you, Jay. Well, I I have a question, and then and then I think we're gonna get into the kind of a, a super early preview at the season playoffs. But one question I do want to ask you is: Have the Hangzhou Spark done enough 
to prove that they have entered into the into this god tier that we referred to or has the top tier fallen down enough that we just believe the Hangzhou belong in a weakened top tier i'm going to give you a couple couple stats here um they have played in this stage the philadelphia fusion the titans the justice the fuel the dynasty the valiant and the mayhem so there there's that (laughs) so so what what do you think man i mean is this is this hangzhou have they kind of entered into the into that amazing the tier that we typically associate with new york vancouver and san francisco or do you think new york vancouver and san francisco have just kind of come maybe been brought back down to earth a little bit so much so that the hangzhou spark are able to take a step up into it so looking at that schedule their best best wins are against soul and the valiant there's no denying that and both of those were three two matchups they did what they were supposed to do against teams they should have beaten albeit they probably would have liked to gotten four o's against washington and dallas and then that vancouver matchup I swear to you, should have been five maps. Like they like, I just I can't for the life of me figure out how they they blew Havana in that matchup. Like yeah. the fact that I remember the map and the moment should tell you all you need to know about that match. For <laughs> I, I remember it vividly. So for me, I'm gonna lean towards the top tier coming backwards, but I'm gonna qualify this because I think Hangzhou has done enough to be considered with that top tier anyway but i think it has like more to do with the top tier coming backwards like hangzhou didn't stay the same is the best way i can put it they clearly improved they've clearly solidified themselves as the top four team you can basically now consider those top four teams basically the top four teams of the league and rotate them however you want to and nobody's going to argue with you um am i making a case for them at number one or number two probably not but i mean You've seen the chinks in the armor for, for Vancouver, which mm-hmm. they may or may not have, you know, welded back together. Yeah. New York has looked much improved. San Francisco is reluctant to switch off of their 3-3. And Hangzhou looks capable of playing both 3-3 and DPS. Yeah. So, that's I, again, this is why I'm so fascinated to watch how these Stage 3 playoffs bear out. It, it could mean a lot of things. And, unfortunately, it means nothing for Stage 4 as we're anticipating roll lock. But if we get to see more DPS heroes out of everybody, then maybe we can get sort of a preview for stage four and what to expect from all these teams. But I I do believe it has more to do with that top tier, not taking steps back, but you know, that just their separation is, is much less than it was because of the meta. It's more of a gap and less of a chasm. Yeah, and we're not talking Grand Canyon here. Let's get, you know, Evil Knievel to try to jump it every now and then. No, no, we're we're much closer to like we can casually ride our bike across a simple bridge. I'm going to agree with you here. I think this has more to do with the top tier coming back down to earth a little bit and not being quite as separated from the league as they used to. I don't, the Hangzhou spark, I think certainly benefited a little bit from the scheduling. Um, No way to know that the Philadelphia fusion would be struggling as much as they would, but justice Dallas, uh, mayhem in there, you know, pretty pretty locked and loaded wins there, and not able to handle their business against the Titans. But like you said, I mean, looking super competitive there. So 
you know, some some things that I think have, have really factored into this. They're not rotating quite as much as they used to. I did notice. I mean, they're not swapping out Crystal and Adora quite as much anymore. Um, we have seen a little bit, as I mentioned in the in the recall episode, of some flexing in of Saison at off, uh, off tank, but mostly just to give them flexibility to run a couple of DPS heroes. Um, I've seen him on the Roadhog here and there, so I think that'll be based on on film that they see against opponents and what opponents like to do. They might be bringing in Saison as as some flexibility that maybe they don't believe Rhea provides. She's just Rhea only and exclusively, basically for Diva. Um, so I do like that they have picked a, a, a six-man roster. My biggest thing for the Hangzhou Spark is that occasionally they have the advantage and they don't press it. Um, so they're not as much... I, f- I feel like they've done a lot to rein in Gushway and bring Gushway back and say, look, we've got to work together as, as a team here. And that's really had a big impact on their success. And it certainly led to the success, I think, that we've seen committing to Gushway and saying, you know, hey, look, you're the main tank, but you've got to play with us. And I think in some cases, well, actually in many cases, obviously we're seeing that being really successful, but there are cases where you look at it and you're like, press, press the advantage, go in here, you know, be aggressive, go commit, let's go. And they're not. And um, so that would be my one kind of takeaway. If, you know, certainly I think, you know, San Francisco shock, if you make a mistake, they're not going to let you forget it. Same thing. I mean, New York Excel's here's base entire strategy is built on the fact that you're going to make a mistake and they're going to capitalize on it. And then Vancouver is like, I lift, I, I put down on W. I know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do they even own an S key? I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, is is built on the aggression of Bumper. I mean, that's that's their whole team. You know, resources are committed to Bumper. Bumper is going to be aggressive. He's going to be in your back line. He's going to be shattering your back line, and you know they're counting on the fact that you just can't do anything about it. So, um, Hangzhou Spark, not quite. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. If they're still trying to work around this, we need to be together as a team and not be as as aggressive here and there. Um, but that would be my one kind of tick mark against the Hangzhou Spark is is that those top tier teams know when to you know put the foot down and hit it, and it seems like Hangzhou Spark are still kind of learning their capabilities in that regard. Yeah, if they could ever, if they could ever get to that point where they're on their front foot and they see an advantage and they press the issue, they could be an extremely dangerous team and start being considered in the same breath with Vancouver and New York as a top seeded team overall. They're not that far out of it. Um, I don't foresee them really getting into the top seeds, but you know, crazier things have happened at this point. <laughs> All right, Jay Will. So we because this is the homestand there's not quite as many matches we did want to take we've got probably a good solid 10 to 15 minutes we can chit chat wanted to take like a pretty early look at the seasonal playoffs so we we focused a lot on the stage playoffs and coming up obviously after this week of of play is done we'll we'll be getting into it diving into it real deep but i thought this would be a great opportunity with a little bit of extra time to take a look at the seasonal playoffs and kind of where we where we sit right now and what we're what we're looking at right now is we have the Vancouver Titans are locked into the playoffs. There's no seeding yet, and they're not even guaranteed to be, not to have a guaranteed spot in the playoffs. But they are, I mean, sorry, not a guaranteed spot in that top six. But they are guaranteed to be there. <laughs> yeah. And they will be playing for the playoffs. And we're pretty sure that the New York Excelsior are also locked at this point. Um just based on the fact that they, as far as we can tell, cannot lose as many as number 12, which is the Los Angeles Valiant sitting at 13 losses currently. So 
What that means is that we have the Vancouver Titans and New York Excelsior currently as the top seeds. And then the rest of the locked slots, which are one through six, are the San Francisco Shock, the Hangzhou Spark, the Los Angeles Gladiators, and the Shanghai Dragons. And then if you're not as familiar with how the season playoffs work this year, there will be a play-in tournament for the last two spots. So there will be eight players in the Overwatch League Grand Finals. However, 7 through 12 are going to play for the 7 and 8 seeds. And so I think this is an attempt to squeeze a little more money, squeeze a little more out of the Grand Finals, (laughs) um, rather than just having a straight 18 playoff go into it. In a way, you almost have like a loser's consolation bracket (laughs) um, (laughs) to get those last two spots. But 7 through 12 currently Again, this is at the end of stage three, or heading towards the end of stage three, are the Philadelphia Fusion, Seoul Dynasty, London Spitfire, Dallas Fuel, Chengdu Hunters, and Los Angeles Valiant. That's your seven through 12. So that grouping of teams right now would be playing for the seven and eight seeds in the grand finals playoffs. Woo! That is a lot. Jay Will. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here I th- from my personal perspective. First thing I want to kind of kick off with is how crazy is that play-in tournament going to be? Because the middle of the Overwatch League has been such a cluster. <laughs> keep it PG. It has been a cluster. There have been, I mean, these teams, it seems like these are where I have had the most stress in my power ranks. These have been where I've had the most stress when it's coming down to match picking. Is this middle group of teams, the Dallas Fuel, London Spitfire, Seoul Dynasty, Philadelphia Fusion, have all been teams where I've, you know, they've all consistently been in this 7 to 12 range in my power ranks. And now there's a playoff opportunity for them to get a, a locked spot into the finals. You're not, you're not wrong about that. That's for sure. Uh, the, the play in tournament, which is what we're calling it, should be just a complete i don't even i can't say i don't want to say it (laughs) it's going to be very very difficult to predict how it's going to play out i'll leave it at that like i don't want to say what i had on my mind (laughs) i mean you're talking about quarterfinals in the stage playoffs so far so far there's been a clear parity difference right right these teams are super guaranteed you just easily lock them through and really other than this whole dynasty taking down the new york excelsior that's been largely true but in this seven to twelve playing term, in the parity, it's these teams are going to be so close, talent wise and everything else. That yeah, I mean, it's just going to be bananas to try and say like this person is clearly going to come out of this. Right, that's what's going to be so difficult about it, and especially with the changes that are forthcoming in stage four, it's going to make it even more difficult. What we can do is we can kind of look at teams and their map differential to kind of get an overall feel for how things may play out in the end. And the ironic part about all of this is that they're in that seven to twelve range currently. There's only two teams with even a positive map differential, and those are <laughs> those are Seoul. That's Seoul in London. You know, London is what we said. You know, they're playing the long game, and you know they're just they kind of just bide their time until it's time to turn it on. At least that's how they did it in season one, right? Yeah. Then you have Seoul, who is playing really well, but when they drop matches, they usually drop them, what three two. You know, right. they don't they don't suffer a lot of map differential hurting losses. Right. So they're sitting at plus 17, which is great. And they're going to have a really good chance to actually jump up into that top six with some things that go their way. 
And then you have teams like the Gladiators and the Shock. The Gladiators are plus 17. They're going to have to lose matches badly in stage four to probably fall out of that top six. And the Shock might as well, even with not being completely locked in at 16 and five, but they've got a plus 48 thanks to a perfect stage two. So it's going to be tough to get them out of there. I mean, they're looking at losing a maximum of 12 matches right now. And, you know, you already got, you've got teams with 13 and you've got other teams with 12. So I think realistically, they only need to win one match in stage four to lock themselves into a top six seed. You know, I mean, yeah, they can be caught by Philadelphia, Seoul, London, if you want to get, you know, into the nuances. But I mean, if you're trying to be realistic about it, San Francisco probably locked into a top six seed. Vancouver, you know, win like one more match or something like that. They're locked into a top six seed. The Excelsior are almost guaranteed a top six seed. So that's that's half of the top six right there. So really, you're really only talking about Hangzhou, the Gladiators, and and Shanghai. You're you're focused on them with the top six, and you know which one of those could move up and down. Uh, and it, if Shanghai is the one that falls out, which is the most likely scenario right now, because they're only a plus one in map differential. Right. They, sh- they should have a good week here in the Atlanta homestand, but even still, that's not a great map differential going into stage four. A meta change is coming. Teams that are you know not necessarily great at 3-3 or even somber 3-2-1 are going to get back to more of their comfort zone in 2-2-2. You know, now, now things start to get even more interesting. I-, I think that's the most likely team to fall back out into that top or fall out of that top six and back into the play-in tournament. So let's let's hypothetically let's go ahead and bump Seoul into that top six. Let's say the top six actually end up being Vancouver, New York, San Francisco, Hangzhou, Los Angeles Gladiators, Shanghai, or excuse me, in Seoul Dynasty. Now you're talking about teams that we've had question marks for for quite a while, right? Or yeah. teams that are just now getting getting kind of comfortable with being good. You're talking Shanghai, Philly, London, Dallas, Chengdu, the Valiant, the Outlaws. And then the, the, those are the teams that are sitting there right now. Then you've got Paris, Boston, Atlanta, Toronto, Guangzhou that all have a chance to sneak into that 7 to 12 range. And that's what we've been talking about in terms of we just don't know how to flip a coin like in a proper manner for those teams. Like yeah. which team are you going to get some weeks? What matchup are they really up against? You know, the only teams that you probably even feel good about out of that that list is Shanghai and and probably London, you know, even though they're not playing over overall that well. So the, the play in tournament's going to be going to be interesting. It's the best way I can put it. So, but stage five, it's going to be, especially for these top teams, it's going to be about, can we get into that top six? I, I really do think a lot of these teams want to avoid this play in tournament because it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's the best way I can put it for sure. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think it's. I think the London Spitfire for me are kind of the clear. If I had to pick right now, based on the teams that I see in there, I think it's the London Spitfire coming out of there. And I could see if the Shanghai Dragons fall down in that seven twelve, I could see them coming out of it as well. Especially with some of the changes that we do have coming, that we anticipate coming our way. Um, of of the teams, Jay Will, that are on the outside currently of the season playoffs, looking into that twelve spot, eleven spot, something like that. Who do you think has the best chance to to rise to the occasion and get to that playing tournament? Ooh, that is a good question because we're about to get a roll lock. Uh, all signs are pointing to it. No official announcement, even though Fisher basically confirmed it to us. So right. we're going to qualify our statement there. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, so this is a good problem for the league. So teams, 
10 through 18 are within a game of each other or two. No, that's good. That's good for the league. That means most of your matches in stage four are going to be big impacts, big impacts for the season playoffs. So they're going to matter. You're not going to have a lot of empty matchups like we've had throughout stages, even though we all, we knew all along that they mattered for the season playoffs. They still felt empty. There shouldn't be many of those in this, in stage four. If you're asking me who's currently out based on how you're currently playing is how I'll qualify that. The outlaws are a good bet to sneak in. Um, they're sitting at minus 14 and at eight and 13 overall, if they can, I know their schedule is not awful in stage five. So if they can find their way to five and two, you're talking about finishing 13 and 15, and then it's going to come down to your map differential. Um, Paris has looked okay in the three, three, but not outside of it. Boston is still searching for answers. It's Atlanta for me. I I was going to say it's either got to be Atlanta or Toronto. And I know that seems weird to say for Toronto, but it's again the the quick addition of logics and how good you looked when you were going ahead and just played DPS lineups with him in there. Like you can make a case for them sneaking in. I'm, they're a game out in the win actually, column. So I actually have tech, I, if if the matches go the way that they go, Atlanta's actually into that twelfth spot. Uh, looking at the schedules. Yeah, because so Atlanta still has two matches to even play in this stage alone, and I've got them penciled in for both of those as Ws. And if they take the worst-case scenario, that's a plus six for them. So they'd be at 9 and 12 at a zero map differential, which is actually enough to it actually clears them above the Chengdu Hunters. Right, so they're clear You know, at the end of stage three. I am forecasting into stage four a little bit, obviously. Then, yeah, so for me, the forecasting into stage four, I think – the teams that are going to most most benefit from a roll lock to it, again that we assume to be two 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 is no guarantee that it's going to be two 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 or how it's going to work at all. Right. It could, for, it could be roll lock for match to match. It could be you can trade rolls. I, you know we don't know how it's going to work. But at the end of the day, if it is just kind of a basic two 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 roll lock, you have to do that. I think Atlanta Rain and Houston Outlaws are probably the two teams that are able to capitalize on that to the to the highest degree. Um, Houston struggled all year with the three three three. They don't or three three three. The three three. Yeah. They don't want to run it. So I think and they have some players that will benefit from being into the two two two. And then I think the Atlanta Rain are the other team. I mean, I think Boston's going to suffer from a two 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 roll lock. I think Paris is going to suffer from a two 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 roll lock. I think Toronto Define are the other team, but I think they're just too far back at this point. Seven to twelve, couple matches coming up, but I think they're going to lose both of those, which means they're going to be somewhere in the seven to fourteen range in a pretty low map differential. It's going to be a real struggle for them in stage four to come back. So for me, it's Atlanta that's going to, that is on the outside right this second looking in. I think they're actually going to be in by the end of this stage into the seasonal playoffs. And then I think forecasting into stage four, they're probably one of the, the few teams in this lower tier that's going to benefit from a 2 2 2. I could see that. I could see that. They easily have the best map differential out of the teams 14 through 20 and actually 13 through 20. So of all the teams that are not in, currently with you know still a week to go in stage three they have the the best map differential so they certainly have the best opportunity i have some concerns about their stage four uh schedule uh i do know they see hangzhou at least once well it'll only be once they're in different divisions so they see them once they see paris which is is winnable don't get me wrong then they're going to see houston so that's going to be an important matchup for both teams without a doubt Let's see, where am I missing? You get Washington. That'll be uh, a good opportunity to pick up some wins. Then you have London, you know, 
London's a team that is is dangerous still and you know could benefit significantly from the 2-2-2 roll lock. Yeah. And then Dallas and Boston to close out uh, in rivalry weekend. Boston certainly seems winnable. Uh, Dallas looked better with Taimu in, so that's no gimme anymore. And it's going to be, again, vitally important. So it really comes down to can you win the matches you're supposed to and maybe pick off one that is a question mark? Because there's certainly, in my opinion, three losable matches there. I'm not sure four and three is going to be good enough to kind of carry you over the finish line. Especially when, if you're talking, not having to look at the map differential, right? If you're, if you can say that teams can overtake you in just standings, then I mean, theoretically, Boston could overtake you, Paris could overtake you. If they just find a way to finish with one, one more win and one fewer loss, you know, your map differential goes out the window. Yeah. And, and so that's what makes it makes it tough to kind of completely, you know, pick a team here. But the teams set up the best. Overall, the team set up the best is Atlanta because of their map differential. So you have an advantage there. Other teams are going to have to get games up on you. Right. You know, so. But now I'm like really intrigued by that week two Sunday matchup between Atlanta and Houston because that's going to be a bloodbath. Like that is for a lot for both of those teams. Like you, neither team can afford to lose that if they want to make the season playoffs. Likely going to be seasonal playoffs on the line at that point. Oh, yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, I like I said, I think I like the way Houston's playing, and I think going to a two-two-two a roll lock will only benefit them. the The question will be, you know, which DPS player do they take out, or do they, <laughs> or or do they leave all three in and continue to run like Azaria, you know, you know, or decide to move Dante onto Diva, which they've shown from time to time. So that'll be something uh, he's done it. I believe you. No, it'd be a huge mistake. You need to leave Dante in as either your somber tracer. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just know that they've done it, you know, and what it does do is it creates more flexibility. And it doesn't make sense. They're going to do it. Most likely that's (laughs) because you said no, but it's just, it's things like that. So uh, a little off topic, but it's things like that. When you're talking about rosters overall, if you have those DPS players that can do multiple things like that, yeah. That does make you a little more unpredictable and a little more flexible, even within a roll lock. So, and we stated that way back in our season preview, you know, it, the ability to flex from, from hero to hero, regardless of what your specific role is, makes you more playable and makes your team more unpredictable and tougher to, to scout and prepare for on each and every map. So I actually think the gladiators are a team that's going to be kind of scary in a roll lock situation. Oh, you're going to get uh, sure foreign hydration back and you still have decay. So I mean, like their hero pool is so deep. Yeah. Hydrations can literally play any hero in the game at a really high level. But then you got sure for who can be a a great, you know, and and decay who are both known for their tracking, their tracking capabilities. But you got sure for who could be a projectile specialist. And then you got now you got decay who's like came in as like one of the top DPS pickups in the offseason everyone was kind of looking for his services he's been relegated to the zarya for most of this for most of the the season so it'll be super interesting to see you know what his capabilities are so i, I don't know gladiators are a team that i'm kind of like whoa you know roll lock two 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 these guys have like every hero capability yeah i completely agree with you um that they're a team that's gonna have some some momentum in my opinion, to build going into the season playoffs yeah. if everything works in their favor. 
And I, like I said, I don't see them falling out of that top six with their current plus 17. I think they're good enough to continue to build on that and not, not fall in the standings with wins and losses either. I don't know their full schedule through the rest of stage four, but I'm sure they've got plenty of winnable matches in there, even though they're going to have some tough ones to close out. But, you know, you finish, let's see, 14 and 14 is, is 500. They've got, don't get me wrong. They've got some, some tough matches. I'm trying to think they only need to win. I mean, if you finish 15 and 14, you're probably going to finish in that top six. I, I, and that's more or less based on the way that Philly's playing right now. They've got the XL, the Outlaws, the Hunters, the Shock, the Fuel, the Spark, and then the Valiant. Right. But I mean, we look at that and we base that off of how teams are playing now. And we say, wow, those are some really tough matches. But at the end of the day, you're talking going 2 2 2. You allow Hydration and Surefour and Decay to play whatever the heck they want DPS wise. That changes things. It sure does for me. You know, I think they are going to be scary. I am completely with you on that one. And kudos to them for doing the right things early in the season without hurting their long term potential. You know, they yeah. they got good enough within 3 3 to have that 6 and 1 stage. And now, you know, they finished, I think, 3 and 4 in stage one, but they've, four and three in this one so they're doing everything right to make sure that they're there at the end of the season to be in those season playoffs that wraps up our look into the seasonal playoffs hope you guys enjoyed it definitely a little little early a lot of things to shake out a lot of metas to change some teams are going to rise some teams are certainly going to fall but i think we do got some pretty good pretty good preview in there and that means that you guys, if you enjoyed that look or any of the other content we brought to you, should be following us across Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. You should also follow us on Twitter at BreakItDownOWL, Instagram, and Facebook. Handles are the same. And if you have any feedback for us, if you have any comments for us that you don't want to leave in a review of some sort, then go ahead and give it to us in the email, breakitdownowl at gmail.com. I am looking forward to the homestand for the for the energy, j <laughs> Not necessarily for the matches, but I think it's going to be fun. It'll still be fun to watch, and it'll be cool to see what the league does to build off of the Dallas homestand and you know, prepare for the L.A. homestand. So, Atlanta, just put on a good show. That's all we're asking for. Hopefully these matches pan out to be competitive, even if they're against some of the lower-tier teams. You know, We won't be opposed to map fives all the way through. Also, real quick, I want to go back just a little bit, and I want to shout out Soul for having both the best walkout music. Oh, God, yeah. And also, they had a really strong walkout physical presence they brought out some some real sweet i can't remember their name they they actually have a specific name but it's like these cosplayers and there was like a a super accurate soul tracer and a super accurate soul diva baby diva um cosplayers that walked out with them on in last week so shout outs to my soul dynasty for the walkout champs yes stay fly